Good evening, everybody, and welcome to all. I don't know whether to stand over here or to stand over here. Stand in the middle, you're talking to a candle. Anyway, welcome to all. And what has been floating around in my mind for the last week or two are just several images, several images of last year. And in particular, uh, Easter Sunday last year, where I celebrated Mass in this church with nine people. That is, with uh, music, play, the organist, a couple of singers, a reader, uh, also a projectionist for the live stream, and myself. And that was it. So I, I, I found that I was talking to empty pews. And, that was one of my first experiences doing that, and I can assure you, it feels very strange. As I mentioned at the time, it feels somewhat like uh, being, being a shepherd with, without a flock. The second image which also has been floating in my mind is one that I'm sure most of you are, are very familiar with it. It's the image of uh, Pope Francis uh, on a given day around Easter time uh, standing and giving, a, giving a, a speech in St. Peter's Square with absolutely nobody uh, present. And uh, it was just a, a wet, uh, dark evening. And again, if you watched it, uh, I just found it was a very for, forlorn kind, kind, even though his speech was excellent, just the, the ambience uh, was, was, so, was, was just so sad looking in, in a sense. It, it almost seemed as if we're going down a hill rather than on level ground. Another image that comes to my mind is a nursing home, seeing a family standing uh, outside a nursing home at a window and their loved one inside the window putting her hand up to the glass. And that was as close, that was as, close as they could get to each other. And some of you may even have, have had that experience with a family member. The fourth image I have is uh, of seeing um, in, in, the, in the hospitals in New York, this is on television, uh, in the ICUs, and seeing all these, all these nurses dressed in uh, like spa space people, spacemen, uh, ministering to somebody uh, who, was, who had all kinds of, of wires hanging out of them. Again, just a reminder, a reminder of the fact that last year was indeed a very challenging and a difficult year, a year which sort of kept, kept people apart. Now, this year, uh, 21, it's a slightly different story. Uh, we seem to be moving, moving in the right direction. Uh, and of course, I think that's because of the, because of the marital drugs uh, that take care of the vaccine. Uh, if I had to just listen to the, to the news there a few moments ago before I came over here, I think uh, three million people were vaccinated today. So things are on the up and up. Things are sort of, a, 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 the outlook can be, if you will, it can be pre pretty uh, op optimistic. Uh, I know that there are challenges at the same time in different, in different, in different parts of the country, but at least my, my hope is that uh, by the end of the summer or early fall that we can really celebrate a victory. 
a major victory where, to, where we have, in a sense, uh, defe defeated this horrible, horrible enemy. So speaking of victories, even though that could indeed, uh, given the, the circumstances uh, of this uh, virus, uh, that is, could call it a major victory if, if we, if we uh, overcome it. But it's nothing in comparison to the victory that we celebrate here this evening. Let's face it, the victory, the victory over sin and death. And that's really what, what Easter is, is all about. You know, for us, uh, for all of us, I think, the great bugaboo is death. You know, we try and, we try and push it off as, as far away as possible. But, uh, but we know that we can't push it off forever. And so I think for many, many people who don't believe in anything, the possibility of dying and having nothing to hope in after that can be extremely difficult. But for us who, who are Christians, who are followers of Christ, we believe that he is the way. And as he says himself, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he should die, will be raised up to a newness of life. In and through the resurrection, that event, we believe it, it offers tremendous hope as far as our world is concerned and as far as each one of us is concerned as well. Yet even though the resurrection is sort of, should be so, sort of central to our, mind, to our lives, I can assure you that there's so many baptized uh, Christians, baptized Catholics, that just don't look, look upon this day as not all that, that different from any other, that the resurrection doesn't have that much bearing in their lives. And maybe sometimes it doesn't seem that much bearing in our lives either. And why is that so, I wonder? Well, I think one of the reasons, there may be a variety of reasons, but one of the reasons I think is the fact that, you know, when we started learning our religious, or catechism or religious instruction years ago, it was just one more piece of the puzzle. And uh, it was something that had already taken place. So we sort of just, we sort of just take, it, take it for granted. Uh, so I think that for, for me, at this point in time, to really, to really appreciate resurrection and new life, it's important to try and see it through the eyes of the people who are there at the time. And I think we have a, that gospel reading that you just heard a few moments ago is, is a wonderful example of that. Where three women, uh, two Marys were told at Cleophas, uh, and they're obviously friends of Jesus. And so early in the morning after the Sabbath, we were told that they came to the tomb in order to, in order to anoint the body of Jesus. And the question was, you know, who is going to uh, roll away the stone? Because we're told that this is an enormous boulder. So how are we going to, how are we going to get into the tomb? And all of a sudden they came to the realization that the stone is already rolled back. And in entering the tomb, they saw an individual sitting there dressed in, in white garments. And obviously they were amazed. And he said to them, he says, why are you amazed? He says, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified. He says, he's not here. He says, he's been raised up. And he says, look over there, the place where he was laid. And then he said to them, he says, what I want you to do, he says, is uh, go and find the other apostles and tell them, tell them that Jesus will meet them, that the risen one will meet them in Galilee.
and then the left. Did they tell the apostles? Not at all. They were so perplexed. They were so perplexed by what happened. This was so out of this world kind of scene. They were so perplexed that they just sort of dis disappeared. Okay. And you know what? It's just like if, let's say, if if I won or you won uh, five million dollars. Somebody said to you, "You won. You just won five million dollars in the in the lotto." I think your mind would be sort of blown away, and you wouldn't know what to do with yourself or who to tell or where to begin. Well, I think the early Christians were like that, regarding regarding the resurrection. It was such a, an out of this world kind of experience, an experience which. Nowadays, we tend to take for granted. So I just invite you this evening to, in a sense, try and see, try and see uh, the resurrection from the, from the point of view of the early Christians and what it meant to that on that occasion and consequently what it should mean in your lives today. This offer of new life, which Jesus offers us through his death and resurrection. And so when we come here this evening for this celebration, uh, immediately after I finish, uh, we're going to wander back to the, to the foyer of the church. We have one lady and two children uh, who are receiving the gift of new life this evening through the celebration of the sacraments of initiation, that is through the celebration of the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. So it's very special day and a very special event as far as they're concerned. So that will take place in, in the foyer, of, most of it will take place in the foyer of the church. But then as soon as that's finished, we are, we are being asked to renew our own baptismal promises. And so I suggest to here this evening that as you stand up and say, I do, I do, I do, I just suggest that you really think about what you're, what you're saying yes to, okay? What you're actually saying yes to. Because we're told that with regard to Jesus himself, like he rose to a newness of life because of his total surrender to the will of his father right up until the moment of his death. His life was one of sacrifice and suffering. And St. Paul says to, says to us, he says, your mind, he says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, your mind must be that of Christ. In other words, what Christ did in his life, we accomplish to do in our lives. That is in terms of sacrifice and submission. Now, does that mean that we have to go off and join a religious community or something? Not necessarily. The bottom line is, every day of our lives, we get so many opportunities to, in a sense, uh, fulfill God's will in our lives rather than our own on that particular day. So I just invite you this evening in a special way as we hear those questions and as you respond to them, to do so not just from your heads, but truly from your hearts. Amen.